Welcome to SlayerFest 98. I'm your host, Ian Carlos Crawford, and joining me today is my lovely co-host, comic book writer, Stephanie Williams. Hi, Steph. Hey, um, and we've got two guests with us to help break down this movie, uh, you know, The Widows doing the Black Things. Uh, (laughs) So we we have writer and fellow podcaster of the Stand By Me podcast. Aaron Reese. Hello, hello. Hey. And we also have uh, Ian's best friend joining us and assistant professor of English and creative writing. Kimberly Ann Southwick. Hi. Hey. Hi, everyone. So, uh, yeah, like Stephanie just mentioned, we're here to talk about Black Widow. Uh, Stephanie, what were your like overall thoughts when you first finished? Uh, that, wow, <laughs> I can't believe I actually like that movie. Um, <laughs> and also, it's really great to just have literally no expectations coming into an MCU movie. No, just movies in general. But it was nice uh, that I walked away feeling that way. Because who wants to go out into the pandemic to see a movie that they don't like? Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm happy that I did at least, you know, find things to enjoy in it. And, um, you know, they did what they did with what they could with that story for um, this character who should have had her own solo back in phase two. Yeah. Um, Aaron, how'd you feel about it? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much in the same boat as Stephanie. I did really enjoy the movie. Um, and I tend to be a fan of espionage and action movies in general. So John Wick, Born Identity, all that good stuff. Like I love, um, so it was fun to see Marvel kind of play in the sandbox a bit, but yes, I am also definitely intrigued and curious at how this movie would have been if it was produced during phase two, along with the Winter Soldier, I think some of the payoffs could have been really fun to see in that setting. But I'm sure we'll get into it later. <laughs> Kim, what did you think at the end? Like, how did you feel when you finished it? Yeah, so going off of that, there's definitely some issues, I guess, with the stakes in the movie, because we know where this is in the timeline. And I, because of that, I expected it to be more of an origin story, and I see how it was an origin story, and I actually really liked where it occurred in the timeline, but I think my expectations coming into it were different than what was delivered. Maybe I just didn't do as much homework as I should have. Also, the movie's pacing was a bit odd, so the beginning were like jumping around all yeah. over the place, and then like the second half of the movie, once they, I guess, get to the prison, is just like a straight shot like for you know everything happening back to back. And so I found the second half of the movie more interesting, I guess, uh, more engaging than the rest of it. I mean, also, like, that's basically once Yolanda shows up in. Yeah. She's just a gem. So it could have had a lot to do with that, too. <laughs> yeah, I can't, I can't decide because you're all like a little bit more positive than I, I am. I saw it with a friend who my friend Michael, who is very uh, indie movie guy. And I said to him, I was like, is there any way I could bully you into seeing Black Widow with me? And he was like, yeah, sure. Why don't we see it on Thursday? So we get there and he's like, wait, this is a Marvel movie? And I was like, are you kidding me? You didn't know this was a Marvel movie? (laughs) And he was like, I hate Marvel movies. I don't ever see these. And I was like, but how didn't you know Black Widow was one? So I was like very self-conscious the entire time of like, you know, because like we can enjoy an MCU movie, but like, no, oh, People who are more in indie movies, indie movies are not gonna like this shit. Like I, I'm aware of that, and I feel like I was just so aware of like, ooh, this long action scene. I bet he hates this. Like I think I was just 
almost self-conscious about seeing all this stuff that I knew that he wouldn't like. He he liked it uh, more than I thought he would um, by the end. That's good. But I think I just felt like every time an action scene went on like a little too long or every time, like you said, Kim, it was like, we're popping from place to place. And that opening, I was like, Ugh, like <laughs> I could see why he, where he's going to hate this. Um, so I think that like spoiled my viewing a little bit, but I liked it. I just felt it was too long. So while I felt it was too long, I also felt like I wanted more scenes with the fan. Like, I feel like Yelena should have come in earlier because like you said, Kim, she is a breath of fresh air, I think in the MCU in general, because an issue I have is a lot of the women in the movies are more just like the straight shooters. And I'm like kind of tired of the women always being like those characters in the MCU. Um, Like they tend to be like Black Widow where it's like, okay, they can kick ass, but like, that's kind of it. Right. And and I like that Yelena was allowed to be like kind of a dick and like made fun of you know <laughs> Natasha for her posing and all that yeah. stuff and like was bratty when they were at dinner. I just I was glad to see a character like that because I feel like Valkyrie is the only one that really in the movies has been able to like be that character. But what she has um, Black Panther's sister. True, that's true. She she came yeah. to mind for me. That's true. Yes. So Shuri and I would say Valkyrie are the only two maybe unless someone had like another one but like in because i remember when we saw jessica jones i was like "Ooh, i've been waiting for a character like this and i wanted more characters like that in the movies but i still like yelena got more screen time i feel like in this movie mm-hmm. well, i guess sure he had a lot of screen time in black panther but yeah it was just it was nice to see that character come in and i liked the family dynamic i liked how like i, I don't quite understand alexi's character red guardian but i enjoyed him um mm-hmm. you know i just I, I i liked all of the family stuff and i wish well i wish the movie was shorter i wish we had gotten the like the band back together sooner in the movie yeah but yeah um so i guess I, we'll start with the opening cuz this is like this is kind of what you said kim this is kind of like the origin part right mm-hmm. almost I was I was talking to Stephanie and I were talking about this before recording, but and we kind of agreed, right? We weren't sure at first how long it was supposed to be this family had been together and like who like I, I said that um when I was watching it, I kind of thought, oh well they haven't been here the whole time. But in my brain I thought Yelena was like, oh, Melina and Alexi did have a kid in this time that they were playing pretend family. Mm. And Yelena was like actually their kid, but she was not. But I did like I thought those actors were good, the kids, and they, that one girl mm-hmm. looks like a young Scarlett Johansson, which is wild. <laughs> um, yeah, what'd you guys think of the opening with, like, the flashback in 95? I enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah, like, I, I thought it was, um, I don't know, like, a kind of interesting way for them to, I thought of Salt, because, <laughs> you know, by the end of that movie, like, all the Russian, yeah, I thought of that, um, and I love Salt, so I was happy to think about that, but I thought that it was a pretty solid way of just kind of introducing this family dynamic that did not exist for, you know, a very long time, but to make that dinner scene uh, pop the way that it did, it made me go back to how they opened the movie. And I was like, okay, well, they effectively did that job because I care about this this dinner scene that they have later in the movie where everyone is just like, you know, laying their shit out. So um, it was it was cute. I think it did a lot of good work for sure. And they have so many callbacks to the beginning in the movie that I thought were well-planted. If not like, this is an obvious callback. You should have been paying attention in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I did feel like, especially during like the opening credits, which is kind of the end of the 1995 opening scene, I was like, man, I really feel like I missed some stuff because <laughs> <laughs> they packed so much into it. 
that like felt like it was supposed to be important and because that's all we get of like them as like youngsters I thought it was a very interesting opening for sure. Um, and it kind of goes off the beaten path for the typical MCU um, cinematic opening yeah. in a sense where I, I do feel like it kind of mirrored Winter Soldier from its from its entry point, almost in the same vein that like you're getting, um, you know, the whole like Bucky assassinating like Tony's parents Thing, and then jumping forward in time from that. But yeah, I thought it was very important for them to set up this family dynamic. And um, I definitely agree with Stephanie. It's a, it's a scene that wh- while I was watching it, like IRL at the theater, I didn't necessarily understand like where it was going because it did feel like an abrupt jump. Um, but you do get that, you know, small payoff, like towards the middle of the film once they're having the dinner. Yeah, I do think you're right, Aaron. That's kind of the payoff of that like prologue is like, oh, they we do see them do have a family dinner again one more time. Right. And it's kind of, they're almost like, it's like the that family dinner is their last family dinner together. Then they leave Ohio. And then this family dinner almost feels like another last dinner together, right? It's like their last dinner before they have to like go fight this fight that they've been headed towards. But yeah, so, and I got to point out the the cover we, that Nirvana cover we got over the credits I still can't decide if I hate or loved it, but <laughs> my husband like <laughs> was like deep in my ear, like, what the fuck would they do this? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I really liked it. And my 15 month year old daughter really liked it. She was like swaying back and forth. She was very into it. <laughs> wow. So I don't know what that says about either of our musical tastes, but <laughs> it was just a very weird choice. Because usually the uh, like the MCU movies don't like have a song like right like aside from Guardians of the Galaxy most of them have like a score over the credits. Right. Um, For Loki, the one of the episodes they put a different music besides yeah. the theme music or the score music over the opening like Marvel thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that Haley Kiyoko song, which was like yeah, that, that stood out to me even right. Like I was like, oh okay, um, and I did like that song. But uh, so we get that opening credit. Um, so we get the opening credit, and then because um, by this time, what, what uh, is it presently? Twenty years, years later. later? Yes. yes. So are we with Yelena? Uh, are we with Yelena? Is she on the rooftop then? Oh yes, you're right. You're right. right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. I just wasn't sure. So we get that um, that action sequence, and I'm like, okay, I bet there's a widow who's found a cure for something. She's gonna kill her. And then what happened? There was a widow. We found the cure for something and she killed her. So I don't know, like, I thought it was a, a nice little action scene to follow up uh, the one from the, the opening credits. Cause that the plane and the, the cars and all of that was, I love that. That was, yes. yeah, yes. that was really, that was a nice little long action shot, but yeah, like I was like, okay, so these vials are probably going to end up either Helena's going to seek out Natasha or send them to her, and she sends them to her. But I like seeing um, a little bit of that fight from Florence Pugh early, early on. So I knew that by the time her and um, Scarjo faced off, that we were going to be in for a good time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'm being overly positive about this movie because I had an edible before <laughs> I seen it. And it hit. <laughs> so like I would think I'm just like really laid back and relaxed. And I was just like, this is all very fun right now. <laughs> I think I'm jealous of your movie watching experience. I you've probably heard would, it here. 
Make sure you take an edible before you see the Black Widow. <laughs> yes. I probably would also be more positive if I had been stoned. Um, I, I will say that that confused me just a tad with the like, like I, I didn't, I mean, by the end I got it, but I was like, wait, but they like go into the Red Room. Like we saw that they go there. They're mm-hmm. not like, you know, mind controlled. I thought that was like a weird, like we didn't explain it good enough for me when it happened until like the end when it's like, oh, it like when we saw that like Natasha couldn't hit the dude. I was like, oh, okay, now I like fully get what that mist was doing or whatever. Because in my brain, it was just like, oh, no, they were like, you know, the way we saw Winter Soldier, the way he was like more brainwashed right. than it was like a mind control power, which is what I assumed the widows were, right? Hmm. Well, initially, that's what they were. Um, we didn't right. know until later on in the movie that it had turned into this whole, like, they're actually messing with stuff like chemicals in the brain. Right. So I don't know, like... I don't know. Like, I don't know if I, it would have, maybe it would have been nice if they would have added that little information in there, but I don't necessarily know how they would have, because a little later, right. um, you see like the widow saying, I don't want to do this before she offs herself. Right. So yeah. maybe there could have been there something there, but if they give you that much early on, do you really care later on? Yeah. And I think also too, to that point, like, I do feel like there's a conversation that kind of explains that between Yelena and Natasha, um, specifically the aftermath of Budapest. And Yelena is explaining to her that like what she experienced, what Natasha experienced was kind of psychological um, warfare and conditioning. Um, But this, the sort of the current state of things um, is literally like chemically um, altering like brain patterns and stuff like that. Right. And talking about how they're two very different things, but it is a very quick line. Um, it's definitely mm-hmm. like, can you miss it sort of line too? So I definitely was confused and was like, well, how is Black Widow different? So I, I remember now that you're saying that, hearing that, but <laughs> as yeah. I was watching, I was like, wait, but how is she different? Especially towards the end. Oops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so then after that, Natasha's, we like, she's on the run because it's like post-Civil War, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We get, um, what's his face? God, mm-hmm. what the hell is that? What's General that dude's Ross. name? General Ross, right. <laughs> because I think I had thought this movie originally, I thought it took place between Infinity War and Endgame is what I thought it was supposed to take place, but clearly that wouldn't have worked. So I was like a little confused until I was like, oh, this is just like after Civil War. Because I I also thought that she was allowed to not be on, like, because she testifies at the end of Civil War, right? Um, Or not Civil War, uh, Winter Soldier. Isn't that how that ends? um, In Civil War, uh, you essentially, like, she has, I think, one final exchange with Tony Stark. And he's basically like you know, you were kind of a flip-floppy bitch. So uh, you, you should count them days. And yeah, she just kind of like flees. <laughs> okay, right, right. So then she's she's with that guy who gets her all this stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just thought that that was really slow at that moment because we just had like all this like really fast-paced thing with Yelena there. And I really feel like even though it was such a short part until we get her like on the bridge in the car accident and stuff, I was like, where are we going with this? Yes, I, I definitely thought that yeah. too. I was like, not quite sure what the plot was. Well, that part of the movie was um, sponsored by Tourism for Norway. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was effective. Um, I mean, it was a gorgeous like sequence and stuff. But I do agree. I mean, I think the one thing I've been saying about this movie consistently 
Um, in terms of like some of my feedback is that it definitely has an editing problem. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like there are definitely scenes that are kind of like moving a bit too much of a snail pace and like Cam to your point about you know, the guy that gets her the stuff, <laughs> um, who is essentially like her her cue, right? Yeah. Is that like they kind of built this sort of like, oh, like, should we care about him? Uh, are they flirting? Is this a right? <laughs> like, is this someone like I should keep an eye out um, for? Um, and it kind of didn't go anywhere, but I also feel like <laughs> this is unfortunately like how they. You know, I feel like a lot of the critics who say that Captain Marvel is a Mary Sue, I feel like have not ever played close attention to Natasha Um, because (laughs) she's like she's like so many things to so many people like right like she she can put um you know bruce banner into a nice lullaby you know tell him the sun gets real low um she can be maternal saying i'm always picking up after you boys but is also still always like the the siren like sexy figure as well to a point where like like when you're watching winter soldier for instance you're like is she flirting with sam like is this thing <laughs> <laughs> like I, yeah i don't know it's that very like i feel like it's something that they've like baked into her character where she's like oh you know she's just a shifty-eyed spy you know like sh- she's a libra she flirts with everyone <laughs> you're, making, you're making me want like an r-rated version of like something featuring her so we can see like like you know how many dudes has she banged yeah. <laughs> like, okay, i want to know <laughs> more okay. or less than me <laughs> right I mean, I would imagine that it's like the inverse of, um, well, the gender inverse of a James Bond, right? Like he gets to fly all across the world and, you know, have all these beautiful Bond girls. So, I mean, I would expect Natasha to have an encrypted black book that, you know. (laughs) Like, I hope so. (laughs) And yeah, I do think, I do think that was on purpose, her watching like a James Bond movie in her downtime, like. That was, I think, like your parallel is like completely correct, Aaron. And that was like, that's what they were getting at, right? It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, she doesn't like care. She'll like, she does what she needs to do to like get whatever job she's doing done. Um, right. And like, I don't, okay. So we talked about this. Did we talk about this before or after, or before recording, Kim, about mm-hmm. the, the, the different directors and everything? Oh, yeah. Hold on. Let me go pull that up again. <laughs> so we have directed by Kate Shortland, again, from what I can tell from names and images, um, a woman. Screenplay by Eric Pearson, a man, and pronouns on Wikipedia. Story by a woman and a man. Um, and then edited by both a woman and a man. Cinematography by a man. Because, right, it did sometimes feel like we did get a lot of ass shots. <laughs> There's, I have one point in my notes. It is uh, right after the scene where we see that she's bought the blonde hair dye, which for whatever reason I wrote down because I thought that was going to be more important than it winds up being. Um, <laughs> so right after that, when she's in Norway, my husband said that he had noticed at least three gratuitous butt shots at that point. Made him very happy. But, you know, we're not even halfway through this movie. Yeah, it's like she goes to that car and we're just on her butt the whole time she's going to the car. And while good for her, it looked great. I wish my butt looked that nice in those jeans. Um, I did notice it, right? Like I'm gagging because I did not notice the butt shots um, like that until that very last one when she's walking to the car. And I'm like, 
okay, girl, you better get your little bow leg walk on. Right? But the rest <laughs> of them, I didn't notice. I don't, and I'm not saying that they weren't there. It's just that, I don't know. Like, I just didn't, I didn't so notice. So you're not supposed to notice them? Like, that's how the male gaze works, according to like- No, no, no. Warren, I know that. Movie 1975, no, no, no. So. I got that because there's other stuff that I've noticed the male gaze in, um, especially just in comics and stuff like that. But I'm saying in this part- particular one, if I was the one at the end, I noticed that one. The other ones, like, I didn't notice, like, I noticed in the rest of the movie she's been in, and that's been from mm. the male gaze, mm. but... Well, I was going to say, I didn't notice them either. My husband definitely told me he did. Oh. <laughs> so. No, because I'm the one who, when we're out in the store, I'm like, do you see her ass right there? So this one's saying, like, I'm usually <laughs> looking for ass, um, and I didn't see the ass. <laughs> I'm looking you know, for the ass. I, I legit <laughs> called Stephanie yesterday, and I was like, so listen... The way Natasha walks to the Quinjet at the end of the movie is like she just bought a fresh pair of Jordans and it's like her, it's her first day of like sophomore year in high school. (laughs) She knows, she knows the guys are are staring at her. And so she's just like, you know, kind of trotting to her locker. It's very much that energy. And I also think it has to do a lot too. Like I... I think Scar Scar Joe's center of gravity is very low, especially with the costumes that they put on her. Yeah. Yes. I feel like this is also incredibly noticeable in Age of Ultron, too, especially because her costume was all like weird fitting because she was pregnant um, during filming. Right, right, um, right. For certain parts of that. But it's funny when, like, even like thinking about, I mean, Ethan. I mean, Ian, I think it was you, right, that said that um, you loved you loved the act the actress that played the young version of her. Yeah, yeah. Can I make that up? Okay. Yeah. Because um, I was like, it's so funny. This girl has like such long limbs, and ScarJo has none of that. <laughs> <laughs> she, I just, she looked like her. I felt like she in the looked face. like her in the face. Yeah. Yeah. But I was like, oh my god, she's got like long arms, long legs, and like. Scar Joe's just kind of looking like um, you know, the the green M M&M. and <laughs> M. <laughs> the green M and M wizard, she looked that good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so she gets the like cure thing that Yelena discovered after killing that other widow. And it's got like the picture in it, so she knows that she sent it to her. Right. And yeah. I thought I did think this was a good action scene. Taskmaster, like, just like, oh yeah, completely demolished. Like, I thought ta- Taskmaster was like a cool idea that was kind of underused here, which I mean is typical of MCU villains. But I thought this was like a really cool action scene because it also showed us how high the stakes were. Like, Taskmaster was not bothered by Black Widow at all. Like, Black Widow was like a mosquito in you know, her way to the, like, cure stuff. And for those of us that don't know stuff, it was a good uh, indication that, like, they were both trained by the same people because of their style of of fighting. That's fair. Yeah, so, God, that scene, and does that scene end with, yeah, that scene ends with Taskmaster just, like, knocking her off the bridge. And Um, it's so funny. I'm sorry. The way (laughs) she gets putted into that, like, fjord, (laughs) <laughs> it's hilarious to me. I think she just kind of like makes a like soft ding past the car and she's just like flying into the river. Um, <laughs> oh my goodness. But I also thought that this scene, um, this scene and then when we actually get to Budapest too, feels very much of the 
like Mission Impossible, like yeah. five, six, um, as well as like Born Identity, because I feel like there's there's always some weird stakes on a bridge <laughs> in these <laughs> very Eurocentric <laughs> espionage movies. Um, <laughs> so it definitely like felt in place, but um, I don't know. I I love that like Natasha like barely got out of this one. Yeah, I mm-hmm. did too. Because I do think it's important to like show us the stakes with the bad guy pretty early on. And I did, I also liked, I liked the idea of like a, the bad guy, you know, of course I relate everything back to Buffy, but um, the bad guy, it almost being like glory in season five of Buffy where like, she's way more powerful than any of the heroes. And like, they're just annoyances to her. And that's kind of what Mm -hmm. it was with Taskmaster. Like, oh, these, everything around here is just annoying because I know I can defeat whoever I'm trying to get at as long as I get to them. Um, and I do like that kind of imposing villain. So yeah, then we go to Budapest. Then we go to Budapest, right? She's she's finding a gun that she hid, uh, however many years ago, right? Which I thought was awesome. I'm like, oh great, she's of course she has guns hidden internationally, uh, <laughs> and then confronts Yelena. Right, and then that was like the scene that we kept seeing in the trailers, right? It was like them kind of like fighting in this apartment mm-hmm. that looked. So I've only watched season one of Killing Eve, but I kept thinking of Killing Eve in this scene, which I will I will get to in a little bit because I their chemistry was so good. I kept being like, I kind of want them to kiss. Wait, no, they're sisters. Wait, no, they're not real sisters. Wait, no, that's still gross. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I kept thinking of Killing Eve in this scene when it's like, oh, they like actually know each other. Why are they still fighting so hard? And they went pretty hard. They did. Right. Like- um, that was by far like my favorite one-on-one fight scene in this entire movie. That's fair. Yeah. I just, it's such a, like, I know we've already seen Yelena, um, you know, with her, um, intercepting that, um, package or whatever earlier in the movie, right. but, um, it feels like a nice, like reintroduction to their relationship um, and they're not really playing any games with each other. And the fight se- the fight sequence reminds me of um, of something the fight choreographer from Atomic Blonde mentioned that like um, one of the things I really wanted in that movie was to have Charlize like really play with her environment. Um, mm-hmm. And like you know, if you're fi- fighting like six five like Russian dudes, then. Of course, you're going to get a cast iron skillet and like knock someone across the head or something like that. Um, but this was fun because they just were like ramming on each other um, until they could like call a truce. It was so good. Yeah. And like, I feel like Natasha a lot in this movie gets like her back thrown on like these like door frames and oh, spins yes. around. <laughs> I kept being like, man, she would be very bruised. <laughs> I mean, I hope that Avengers insurance premiums, I hope those are cute. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know Tony Stark wasn't giving them insurance. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, here, you guys can get Cobra insurance. How about that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so then, like, they literally, they, you know, they have their truce, and then the widows enter uh, the fray. And we get like, cause she doesn't, what is it? That she doesn't believe Yelena, right? No, no, no she doesn't believe because she's still thinking that the Red Room is still working the same way it was when she left um, because it shouldn't right. be there anymore because she thought that she right. killed um, the big guy. Draco. Right. <laughs> yes, Draco. Who I, I for completely, until I read, I bring up Brett White's articles all the time, but he like did a like, 
things you might have missed in Black Widow, Loki brings up Dracoff's daughter to her in the first Avengers movie. Mm-hmm. Like that's one of the he's like and Dracoff's daughter is like one of the things when he's like trying to like you know shake her up and she's pretending to be shook, but actually she doesn't give a shit and is just getting info from him. Um, I had completely forgotten that that was a thing Loki said to her, um, and I appreciate. I appreciate the callbacks in this movie that are almost unnecessary, but like you can keep going even if you don't get them, which mm-hmm. is what I like about the callbacks. Cause that's how I want a lot of the callbacks to be. And sometimes MCU doesn't quite get there. Right. Sometimes it's like, no, you need to know what this is calling back to understand what's going on. Yes. <laughs> As the person who knows barely anything compared to y'all, I will agree with that. But I also feel like to that point, I have to say one of my biggest grievances with this movie Um, especially since we're at this part now. I was so bummed that we did not get a flashback sequence of Budapest since, like, Hawkeye and, you know, Black Widow have talked about this in literally, like, two different Avengers movies at this point. Right. Um, And I was like, damn, not even, like, a, a quick little, like, flashback scene, something, anything. And, like, I don't know, the fact that they, like, Natasha kept, like speaking about it yes yeah i was just like okay but like show me the receipts (laughs) receipts like i understand that you have arrow like markings in your wall and stuff that could have been anyone i don't know clint like i want to like (laughs) i want to see you know where they could have snuck that in is um if they actually would have made each other pass out when they were choking each other out with the um curtains Mm -hmm. um and then like i don't know like it triggers and she has like a little flashback just before um the black widows um converge on them that would have been nice because you're right like why are y'all talking about stop talking about something they are not going to show me please right yes (laughs) like just shut up about budapest then Right. Well, <laughs> so um, after they somehow survived the uh, Black Widow attack, we actually, so we get another clue as to like how um, the mist, the, the antidote works and stuff like that, because there is actual mind control going on for real, for real, because um, <laughs> the Black Widow ends up offing herself. Um, she doesn't want to, but what is his right. name again? Drakeoff is um, in control of him, right? In control of her. So the way that they fall and just hit concrete, I right sure. (laughs) But I mean, it's it's like it's 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 fine. I mean, y'all are hurting, but anyway, they drive this BMW to shit. (laughs) And I actually really enjoyed that um, that car sequence. Uh, I thought the use Mm -hmm. of that car door um, to dislodge um, the Black Widow from the bike was actually pretty damn cool. And I'm just like, how can I... How can I one day rearrange this in some way in a comic that I'm writing? Because that was like really fucking cool. And it's like action packed action scene, these whole motorcycle, car, tank chases, and everything, but also like hilarious sister banter interspersed. Yeah. Yes. And I, yeah. I just loved that. Yes. <laughs> Though I was confused if there was a baby in the car that they stole because there was like a baby toy that came out of the back when the car like went on the side. I was like, was there a baby in there? But I don't think there was because I never followed up with that. But yeah, that was the mo- my mom coming out there. <laughs> All right. And then. So they're in the subway and we get another Budapest uh, mention because they are conveniently hiding out in the same exact spot as um, 
Natasha and um, Yuckmouth were. And we get, you know, they talk more (laughs) about a scene that we'll never, ever get. Um, And then from there, oh, she's like, I know somebody who can break us out. I mean, or who might know how to, you know, where Drake off is. And then we get one of the best scenes or sequences and just everything is the whole, um, the red guardian in prison, prison break, avalanche, everything. Um, so good. Yes. I mean, even like (laughs) the funny stuff with Florence where it would have been too much, um, in the hands of a lesser actor, but the way that she delivers a lot of that, I know she just very much feels like a someone who grew up since they were six. I mean, like thought they had a normal life, was thrown into um, like this child this child trafficking organization, and has only ever known that life since. Like the way that she, yeah, I mean, like embodies this character. Like it just makes sense. The tone, the sarcasm, the jokes, all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, that line when she's in a helicopter and she's like, "We're both doing a good job." <laughs> <laughs> Like with her thumbs up, but like also, sorry, really quickly before that scene, I'm sorry, one of the funniest things. And like when I was in the theater, like the entire theater, like, like just erupted with laughter when she starts teasing her about, she's like, you know, the pose. Yes. (laughs) It's like your hands up, your hair's like down stuff. And I'm like, oh my God. I want to talk oh, about yeah. her, her amazing AliExpress sheen vest. <laughs> I loved it. Um, and I just thought it was so cute. Cause like, if you've never been able to buy anything in your whole life, of course you're going to buy something that <laughs> might be a little goofy to others, yeah. but it, that has really endeared me to that character because, um, Again, like the way that she is that she's come out of her like mind control and is yeah. just trying to like find herself. It's cute. Um, she's like borderline teenager, but young adult. Yeah. Um, not age wise, but that's kind of how their personality is. Um, what a cute, which vest. is understandable. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I I thought that the vest part was just very cute because she was just like so happy about it, right? Mm-hmm. She was like, and I added more pockets. Um. <laughs> And yeah, Aaron, that was like one of my favorite scenes because she does a really good interpretation of like that pose that she did in like every yes. movie. Like I literally saw a splitting image of her from Iron Man 2. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that crispy, curly. Oh, I hate that wig so much. Oh my God. Whenever anyone like rags on her wigs that she wears more recently, I'm always like, okay, but that first one, like nothing is as bad as that first one. No, that first wig, like if she had tossed that shit on the floor, I would have expected it to just like move at light speed. <laughs> because <laughs> uh, <laughs> i know a lot of people will rag on her her uh winter soldier wig but i'm always like it looks better um, than the other one her went okay so like if we're if we're talking about the wigotry of miss black widow <laughs> winter soldier her hair was like kind of bone straight and really nice like i fucked with it i thought it worked um, for her the the hair that i probably had the the most grievances with Outside of her, you know, crunchy hot Cheeto hair from the second. Oh, I remember God. the little deep body wave. <laughs> okay, it, but it would be the um, the in game wig. How I don't know who who in the wiggery department thought that this was okay. They're like, oh yeah, like. I know five years has passed and that's why her hair is like turning from blonde to like red. I'm like, Ian, you dye your hair like often and like, 
like girl that 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 does that's not a thing that happened <laughs> like her hair would have been like the color of like i don't know like garbage juice in new york (laughs) garbage juice (laughs) you're like a platinum blonde overlay on on your wigatures you know like it (laughs) i'm like that she said she was gonna grow out of ombre (laughs) she grew out of ombre and i'm like no she did not Speaking of hair, I really liked Yelena's hair. I liked her braids. I did too. I and thought I they were mom's cute. braids too, but we'll get to mom soon. <laughs> um, yeah, so we do get, as Stephanie mentioned, a real the jailbreak scene is all like Alexi, while he is a very bad dad or surrogate dad or whatever you want to call him, mm-hmm. he's very enjoyable to watch on screen. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize, I don't know, Stephanie or Aaron, if you picked up, the guy that he breaks his wrist, which I did think was pretty gross, mm-hmm. is supposed to be Ursa Major from like the Russian Avengers, mm-hmm. the, the one that's like the bear. That's who yeah. it's supposed to yeah. be. Yeah. Uh-huh. I didn't realize that. I have a question. Okay, yes. Does everybody else die in that avalanche? I was wondering about, I was like, did they just kill a bunch of people? <laughs> I mean, I thought a significant amount of them ran back inside. So, like, it was fine. And so inside true. was, like, not going to be impacted by the avalanche? I mean, listen, I am not <laughs> an authority on <laughs> infrastructure. Um, I also, I mean, here's my thing. Like, I do not ask questions like that of a Marvel movie. And if you right. ask questions like that of a Marvel movie, you might be the wrong demographic for it. Right. I was just <laughs> concerned about all of those people. So I, just say it. No, but it's just it's just funny though that where one Avenger gathers, uh, there will be destruction. So I'm like, yeah. you know, thanks and for keeping that know. energy up. Um <laughs> the same franchise that like lifted an entire city right off of the ground with some like bootleg repulsor engines attached to the bottom of it and then that same city got slammed back into the country (laughs) right so i'm like i'm like an an avalanche does not bother me (laughs) you know but it's funny though that um Yelena was the one who to set off the rocket launcher because in my yeah, mind I'm thinking like yeah girl just blow the I'm shit up happening. not thinking <laughs> yeah. that it would cause an avalanche I'm just like that's fair <laughs> I mean Oops. they're dead yeah. but everybody else is too <laughs> like the range of Florence Pugh's faces because <laughs> I I was like rewatching it very briefly this morning and it's like she she uses a rocket launcher she's like ha. And her face just like within a matter of like seconds, yes. it's, like goes from absolute pleasure to like, oh, did I do that? <laughs> right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but so I did, and I, I, I did like the like escape. Like, I, I mean, we knew he was going to make it, but it was like kind of thrilling with all the snow coming down and like, she's on that wire and like, you know, has to get him. I did think it was like a very enjoyable action scene. So they escape and then they kind of, what, it's like in the helicopter, they're bantering and then they kind of are like, okay, we need to go see Melina, right? Isn't it like pretty soon after? But real quick, I just wanted to talk about that conversation um, because I was like, at some point they're going to bring up uh, what happens when Mm -hmm. you're a widow and you're in the red room. So like, how are they going to do this? Um, So Alexi bringing up like, are you on your period? And the way that Yelena responds in the tone that she responds in, I really appreciate it because it's fucked up no matter how you talk about yeah. it. But the way that she talks about it is a very like, you know, somebody 
like men, well, actually women, women about their bodies or whatever, or just anyone with, um, you know, a uterus. The way that she responds to that in a very satirical, matter of fact tone, yeah, I appreciate it because it just made me think like, well, to him, like, well, what do you expect? Like the only way that society really feels that women can be successful is it's either they're going to be a mom or they're going to be fully direct- dedicated to their career. So if Russia is supposed to be, you know, like the this the rare room exists because we're supposed to be the the top supreme or whatever, um, as women, like, yeah, they would they would get rid of that. Like, what the fuck did you expect? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I you're right. It's her delivery of that line that like is a does a really good job of like reminding us that it was a thing mm-hmm. that dum dum wrote into Age of Ultron. And yeah. also like the, like she's almost like annoyed. It just it felt the yeah. way someone who's been through that trauma would deliver it, right? She's annoyed with him saying that, like, because it's also like, what did you what did you think? Like, none of us right. like have you ever right. seen a widow with a child? No. So, like, what are you right. talking about? So, and I just feel like also just to fans who might have been watching and remember that was the case that happened because it was mentioned in what was it Ultron or whatever. And yeah. Yeah. like, how could they talk about the red room and not bring that up? So the fact that they brought it up, we didn't have to get a gross flashback or anyway uh, or any of that um it's yeah. just very straightforward i i don't know like i just really appreciated the way they handled that yeah, yeah i agree it was really it was like touching almost but also like her delivery made it like it was fun to watch even though she was talking about things that were like really difficult mm-hmm. probably for her to have to deal with in her life and it really like it like struck me and I was like, damn, like good job, like throwing this in this film in this way in the middle of like, you know, a Marvel film, if you will. Like she she does she doesn't it's not like a one line throwaway like she goes at him. Mm-hmm. Right. And like we know that that is like you said, it's not a throwaway, even though it's delivered. It's like kind of delivered with like whatever. But we know that that is a plot point of the widows. So like, yeah. And you I feel like you can't but not be struck by it. Like, it's really hard to watch that scene and not be emotional about what she's saying and the way she's saying it. I mean, Yelena is just I, I really every like it was she was just enjoyable to watch. Right. And you felt you felt her pain. You felt her emotions. Even when she was being jokey about them, you still felt the emotion behind whatever she was saying, which is a credit to Florence Pugh because she is just a really good actor. Mm-hmm. But so they go to Melina's farm slash compound. We see she's got a a lot of pigs yes. <laughs> that she controls. The dad getting into the suit at the beginning of that, like yeah. I didn't realize what he was doing at first. <laughs> but then I remember they, they had sent him the action figure in prison, which I really loved that touch. Because he's yeah. all like, aw, and like plays the song. And like, they know that he's going to fuck with it. Like, they know. Right. right? So like, <laughs> him like, the, this is just good. Like, oh, this is an egomaniacal person. And like, <laughs> here he is just like grunting and like, like trying to squeeze into that suit and that bit. Oh my God. It was so, I was cracking up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. I really liked, I liked everything on Melina's like property. I really enjoyed. I thought this is where I'm like, oh, this could have slowed down. We could have gotten more of this. Because, yeah, he's, like, fitting into the costume. And also, like, Melina makes a joke about his weight, but then also a joke about how, like, she's still attracted mm-hmm. to him, which I like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I was like, eh, we're going to make fat jokes again, like, in Endgame. But, like, it wasn't really a joke because she was just like, oh, yeah, you got fat. But, like, ooh. Like, she's, like, clearly has it in her eyes that, like, ooh, you can get it, like, in that costume. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> which, like, good for them. <laughs> Yelena calling him the Crimson dy- Dynamo. I love which that. Is- I love that. A reference to the comic books is Crimson yep. Dynamo. Yeah. Oh, okay. 
is oh, I like that. Crimson Dynamo, is he on their team or a villain? I forget. He's a villain, right? Villain, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what I, that, I. I knew he was an Iron Man villain, but I couldn't remember if he was on their whatever the God. What the hell's in is? It's not the Red Guardians. That's his name. What's their name? They were um, in the X Men animated series. Oh shit! I know who you're talking about. Um, yeah, because like that's the episode where like Storm has to like create a winter storm to help them out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there's like an avalanche in that episode. <laughs> you know, there is clearly chemistry between um, Rachel and David, um, which yes. I appreciated because. Again, going back to that opening and this family that they have for three years, I'm like, of course it had to be convincing if they were really supposed to be husband and wife. And you get that. Right. Yes. And that even in her comment of, you know, letting know, like, you gain weight, but you can still get it. And I'm still yeah. very much flirting in front of the girls. And it's kind of like this continuation of what that dinner would have been like if it hadn't yeah. been interrupted. Um, and I thought that that was pretty um pretty cool like it was a it was an iffy gamble to cut that yes. dinner short um but the fact that they're able to pick it up later um and it's very much you know eat your food you know eat these vegetables daddy and mommy are being gross in front of y'all um uh, we don't like it um <laughs> yelena taking a shot and the fact that it takes place 21 years after that dinner that didn't happen and those characters, I don't know, like you get this older version of those characters, but it still feels like what they would have done what they when they were younger. But Yelena wouldn't have been taking a shot of vodka. She probably would have, you know, taken a drink of her juice or something like that. Um, <laughs> and then when I knew Florence Pugh showed up to like act, act is when the emotional breakdown starts to happen um, in the mm-hmm. fighting and you see Florence mm-hmm. Pugh's face start to like, she's holding it in and she's cracking. And I just kind of focused mm-hmm. on her while everybody is like, you know, going back and forth and arguing. And then when she finally has that outburst and leaves, I'm, I don't know. Like I, again, that went, made me go back to that, that opening and, I was like, yeah, y'all really you established this. Um, the pain only makes you stronger reference ends up coming back into mm-hmm. play. It makes me care about the conversation that her and Alexi or the not conversation that they have in the bedroom. And Alexi is really like this Homer Simpson of a, of a dad. Yeah. Um, yes. So that's a really accurate comparison. Yeah, he's, like, he's terrible, but also at the same time, like, he means well. Like he yes, he's just yeah. he's just a fool. But he really yeah. really means well. Um so like all of that, um that's probably the strongest part of the movie. That whole time that they're at Molina's um mm-hmm. little ranch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Was anyone else <laughs> getting like Jack Nicholson and psycho vibes from like the way that David Harbour looked in a lot of this? Because I I like I don't know. You mean the shining? The shi- yeah, sorry, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, he was looking a little deranged at times. But yeah, I thought he did a way. great job. Yeah, <laughs> I thought he did a great job with the the character, like just you know embodying this like selfish, egomaniacal person who like does have these feelings that he's kind of hiding under, like being comical. And, and it seemed like he was having fun, which I liked. Too. Yes, as an actor for sure. Yeah, and I feel like that always makes you vibe more when it's like, oh, this is good, and also I can tell the actor's having fun. Mm-hmm. That like you enjoy the performances more. Yeah, so then we get Alexi and Yelena are talking. He's doing a very bad job of comforting her. (laughs) And Melina and Natasha are talking. And Melina does say, well, I called, you know, I called them as soon as you got here. And we get the, like, we think 
Melina has betrayed them. And I was really happy she did not. I was like going to be really bummed if she actually did betray all of them. Yeah. Um, I was going to be pissed. <laughs> and, yeah. and I think that's why when that switch happened, um, unfortunately, I, you know, I just, I don't know. It's not necessarily that I didn't see it coming, but I was just kind of like really engrossed in the story at that point. Um, so when we find out like, oh, it was a switcheroo, I was like, oh, because you were going to undo all of that work you just did at that dinner scene right. if you did this. <laughs> like, you just made me like her again, and then you're about to make me unlike her. Right. But... <laughs> Very quickly. Yeah, so we get like, you know, they're traveling, blah, 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 blah. Melina gets in his office, but Drakeoff kind of quickly realizes it's not Melina and takes off the little, I don't even know what the hell they call that, the little whatever mask that like we've seen in, what was it? First we saw it in... Winter Soldier, and then we saw it. Agents of Shield used it a lot. The little like mask things. Mm-hmm. So it's Natasha having her confrontation, and I think this stuff. While Drakoff still felt he felt like a Phase One villain or like an Agents of Shield villain, it's just like some dude who is evil. I thought this like this is where they gave her the most to do, um, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, and I thought this scene was maybe Black Widow's best scene of like. You know, she does get beat up by this dude, but we also learn that she's kind of playing him, mm-hmm. which is very Black Widow, even though I didn't, I I definitely didn't see that part coming. Like, I was like, oh shit, he ruined their plan. Like, I don't want her to be captured. And I kind of forgot, like, oh, this is what she does. And we, we see that we get the quick flashback of her and Melina, where what does she tell her? Like, if you break the synapse. The nerve, sever the nerve. So someone explained to me what... It, was it the nerve was like right there between her eyebrows and that's where it was like connected to everything no so like your olfactory like right there if you because if, if you ever broken your i've thankfully never broken my nose before but <laughs> my brother when he broke his nose um didn't smell anything it's the same thing like if you mm-hmm. are um, um sick um and you have a blockage and it's squeezing that nerve um i know a lot of times when i have a sinus headache i can't smell anything because i have so much pressure right there and it's on that yeah olfactory nerve so i thought that was cute i'm like oh somebody did a little research asked a little doctor or something and wrote that into the script (laughs) Um, that was really convenient but you know what i will say about drakeoff even though he did feel like a phase one or two villain um the way that they use him to just kind of be like this, this dark force behind um, like a, just an ex- like one of the departments of child trafficking. Um, yeah. I was like, well, at least they gave his villainy something, you know, just that was relevant um, or whatever. Mm-hmm. It made sense for the Black Widow, um, just the whole organization and how it worked. So at that, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll give you this, but I do agree. Ian. like he did feel like a, you know, a villain that you would get maybe a two, three part episode. Um, but yeah. the fact that they made it something that was um, topical, I was like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause I definitely, um, this is something like um, Stephanie and I, of course hopped on the phone, like right after we both saw Black Widow, <laughs> <laughs> um, like Judy's do. But um, <laughs> one of the things that I did find like really interesting and fascinating about on this movie is that it was very clear that like Drakeoff was just kind of like the figurehead for the true villain in this movie, Um, you know, which was essentially like a really strong allegory for um, child trafficking and like trafficking in general. Um, And I feel like they're like, 
there were times during like Natasha and his exchange where like there's a point where he's just like blatantly saying it. <laughs> yeah. Right. And he's talking about how disposable like um young girls are. Mm-hmm. And you know how like this is that like he gives them purpose and like all these sort of things. Like it's a very a very sick and demented like misogyny that that character is supposed to embody. And so yeah, he's definitely like not the most interesting villain in MCU for sure. Um but I do think he makes a nice figurehead for a much larger problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to definitely agree with that for sure. I think at one point he says something like the world has too many girls or the world has too many of these girls. Mm-hmm. And it's right after he's he's hit her a lot of times in ways that before we know that she's playing him are like very upsetting, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And then him saying that like really it's like in case you haven't gotten this yet, like this is right. how deep like my misogyny runs. Like he just flat out says something like that. And the glee with which he shows her this like network, you right. know, which mm-hmm. I'm so glad that the she's using all of the his like what's it called? Like his ego again, I guess a lot of the males in this film, um, um a lot of the men have have big egos <laughs> is another point we could make. Um, but yeah, like the glee that he's like getting and showing her all of this, not realizing that he's being played, is just like I, I thought it was accurate. Even though we don't, he doesn't get a lot of screen time as a villain, so he he builds a lot of his character like in this in this scene. Yeah, yeah. So the Taskmaster reveal, um, it didn't even occur to me that they would do a gender flip. And for Taskmaster, you could do a gender flip. It doesn't matter because um, while the right. character is really great on paper, the character is written very loosely. Like. I did see some folks, I guess, I didn't, first off, I didn't know there was a Taskmaster high, but there's a high for every <laughs> character. So it makes sense. Um, I know a lot of folks that complain about not really seeing a lot of the mimicry, but I thought that there was a good amount of that on the bridge. And also like, they literally explain <laughs> like, yeah, so uh, you see that we press this and then like, uh, they'll copy whatever. Um, and the fact that they weren't, the fact that Taskmaster wasn't going up against different kinds of fighters, I thought it just would have been yeah. redundant to just keep seeing her um, mimic the Black Widow. Like if the Taskmaster showed up and the rest of the Avengers were there, that would have been really cool because you'd see a different fighting style from Steve, Hulk, Hawkeye, I don't know what that would look like. I guess shooting arrows and shit. Um, Black Panther, <laughs> all of that. Like you would see, you would see that, but it's just Black Widow and then the Red Guardian. And even in the Red Guardian, um, the Taskmaster actually mimics uh, Black Panther before that fight. And and I think Bucky too, right? Mm-hmm. He does the and Bucky, Bucky knife flip. Yeah. yeah, right. From that yeah. video. So I thought the reveal was cool because I didn't see it coming again. Um I mean, I guess I should have, like, when I watched it again, I was like, yeah, they kind of phoned that in. But I just thought that that was pretty cool because um, now this, whatever this redemption is that Natasha is going to get, I don't know, there's a continuation to it. It's not a redemption and done because this this daughter is either dead or Taskmaster ends up getting killed. But, like, they're going to let, you know, reform her and um, get her together just like the rest of the widows, um, Melina Wood. So, you know, it's cute. Because Taskmaster can yeah. come back. Yeah. I 100% agree, Stephanie. Like, the one, I don't I don't know who the Taskmaster is before seeing this movie, but I <laughs> thought it was still a surprise that it was a woman yeah. uh, in the suit. So that was fun. And then I didn't see it coming, but uh, I wrote down, I was like, but of course. 
Because the whole time I'm like, who is this? Right. Like, who's in this like weird skull Dorothy kind of like like a costume here? Yeah. And then it, I I was hoping they were going to reveal it. And yeah, it just made total sense. You're right. And at that point, we were out of characters. It could be right because we yeah. were already seeing we were already yeah. seeing everyone on that ship, and we saw Taskmaster. So it's like, oop, there's no other characters in this movie. It could be. What's What's funny is I remember reading rumors that it was Yelena. So I was really happy when we saw Yelena and Taskmaster in the same scene, and I was like, oh, good, it can't be Yelena. I don't no, want her to be that like that. Would have been so. I'm villain. so happy they didn't do that. That no, please right? don't do yeah. that. I had no idea. I was like, it's Captain America. Like literally, no idea. <laughs> Chris Evans underneath that helmet. Um, yeah, no, I and I thought it, it worked. It made sense. And I think you're right, Stephanie. It's like while we didn't see it coming, it's like yeah, that makes sense. Like it, yeah. But so then we see what everyone else is up to on the like floating Red Room's ship <laughs> while this is all going on. So Melina's trying to disable like the engine, right? Isn't that what she's, I don't know what she's trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and I love how like the plan that they made or whatever um, just slowly dissolves and it's just like, whoop, yeah, change it again. Well, now we're doing a controlled descent. Um, I've actually destroyed everything. We got to get the fuck out of here. The way <laughs> the way Rachel Wise delivers that line while the engine's exploding <laughs> was very good. And she's like, oh, I've blown up one of the engines, so we're going to have to compensate for that. Like, just like, no big deal. <laughs> like, but oh, Don't panic. I love the yeah. twist that there's only one earpiece. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's funny, but also like it makes, it raises the stakes a little bit because only the two of them can communicate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We get Red Guardian fighting Taskmaster. He's not very good at it. <laughs> um, they lock Taskmaster in one of those cells, which I will say it did feel like, couldn't Taskmaster just like punch her way out of that or well, whatever no, at that point? Like, she's not strong enough. She can just mimic the moves and that's it. Mm, yeah. True. It felt, but you know what? It felt like a, like, like this, this, this annoying dog that um, has been on our heels all day. Like let's throw her in the cage real, in the crate real let's quick. So we can get, yeah. In the kennel so we can get out of here. <laughs> um, so then the ship starts blowing up and there's, there were like, I will say there were many moments where I was like, oh, this is it. It's crashing now. Oh, it's still not crashing. Okay. <laughs> all right. Just like parts of it are blowing up. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I did think the action was all like really good here. I especially love when Natasha's running out to get Drake off and we see that Yelena's just like throwing a bomb in the engine of his like getaway <laughs> plane. Of course she would. Right. <laughs> <laughs> she's, what did she say? She's like, I had a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, it's so good. It's so good. <laughs> she kept looking for interesting ways to die. Right. Yeah, she really did. <laughs> well, we're done here, so I'm going to blow myself and the guy we're trying to kill up. Bye. See ya. Like, yeah, she's like, have a blessed day. <laughs> yeah. Like, she's not upset about it. She's just like, all right, this is what we're going to do. Cool. Now, the widow beat down, because we skipped that real yes, quick. Let's um, talk about it. You're right. <laughs> now, that was funny uh, because I thought of several memes um, because they were really beating the brakes off of Natasha and because like she was handling it at first. I'm like, you get girl, you got maybe five minutes at best, but <laughs> start molly whopping you. Um, and they did. And <laughs> I just love that. The only reason why she survived is because, um, you know, like had that bomb of the um, yeah. antidote, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. it was like, oof, you was it was about to be over for you, girl. <laughs> that was one of those moments where, like, because of where this is in the timeline, like 
you kind of expect Yelena to show up with that thing. You're just like waiting for it. Mm-hmm. Or at least yeah. I am. I'm like, please stop right. hurting her. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, there's like lower stakes there in a, in a way. Yes, I did. I did find that often in the movie. The stakes were a little bit lower just because like, I kind of, we kind of knew Yelena would be, like, she was announced as being in the Hawkeye show, so I knew she couldn't die, and we knew Black Widow couldn't die because she's already, she already died after that, so we knew. So the the stakes were a little bit wacky in this, but like you, Kim, it still was, like, upsetting watching her get, like, beat to shit by -hmm. all these other widows. I thought they were going to kill Red Guardian because, I forget when it happens, but he's like, I think it's right before the widows invade um, the mom's house. He's singing American Pie, which is right. a callback to when they yes. were driving away. And he stops just before the line, like, this will be the day that I die. Like, whatever he's singing, like, that's where it cuts off when they're like, oh, shit, the widows are here. And yeah. I was like, oh, is that, like, foreshadowing? But it wasn't. I, you know, in that scene, I actually was waiting because, you know, Aaron, you even mentioned it was very, like, Mission Impossible, very, like, those type of movies. Right. And there's always, like, a character who gets shockingly, like, shot through the head through, like, a window. <laughs> And I did think that was going to be, oh, the dad figure is going to get shot through this window when like the people arrive. And again, I was glad he wasn't. But I did think that was like it for him because, yeah, that scene felt like touching in a way where that's where they kill a character. And we have Yelena for comic relief. We don't need two comic reliefs. I mean, I'm glad that we had two comic reliefs the whole movie, but yeah. Right. Usually in those type movies, one of at least one of them is disposable, if not both um, comic reliefs. But so, okay, so we get you know, he taskmaster's locked in that whatever. I forget now. See, again, with the like widow like jumps to save Yelena, but at that oh, that point she's already released Taskmaster, right? Yeah, yeah, which was mm-hmm. very touching. Mm-hmm. Although I will say, half of me was like, but Taskmaster's just gonna try to kill you. Don't don't let her out of there. Oh yeah, I <laughs> like, was like, girl, um, save yourself. We right, don't... that's what I kept thinking. Which I guess maybe we're just assholes. <laughs> no, it is understandable, <laughs> but um, it made sense that Natasha would do that because the whole time, like um, Yelena has been like, "You left me. You didn't come back. You left all of us. You just mm-hmm. you left. Right. Um, mm-hmm. You didn't go double check your work, do your homework to make sure that." he was actually dead and the red room no longer existed. So um, for her to get this kind of like this atonement to save the taskmaster, cause she did a lever, but she didn't. Um, and even right. though it almost comes back to, to, to kill her, literally um, she mm-hmm. takes that extra vial and she had already made up her mind early on. Like, okay, if I can, I'm going to do what I can to save right. this girl. You're right. She had. Yeah. So, I mean, but I, I get it though. Cause I was like, oof. <laughs> you almost died. Right. You really are almost trying to die uh, before your movie ends. But I, I just thought that was that was great. Uh, a little um, wouldn't be reformative justice, but well, I don't know because she's she's actively yeah trying to make up for the harm that she's done. And like she yeah. was just a child when she quote unquote killed her. Like mm-hmm. she wasn't actually a, a even like a evil widow at that point, right? She was like just Drakeoff's like kid. Yeah. So yeah, it does make sense. That all being said, I was surprised once they like released the red dust into the room uh, and all of the widows that were trying to kill her were like smacked back to like normalcy, I guess. Mm -hmm. I was surprised that they were like, cool, yeah, like now you can figure out your own lives, like have fun. And I know that they come back in the end in the plane and like that's, we'll talk about that when we get there. But I was like, you're just like, they just spent their lives like being like, like they, they probably have a ton of PTSD, like they need someone to take care of them. 
Right. Yeah. Like maybe drop them off somewhere where yeah, like Yeah, and they're just they like fend for yourselves as this like space station falls to the ground, which yeah, sure. I mean, they can fend for themselves, which is probably part of the point, but I don't know, it just didn't seem like the right thing to do and I was just surprised that that's what happened. Yes, I would agree with that. Cuz it's kind of like, you know, like there's so many movies where they like save these kids, but it's like, okay, but like where are they going? Because they don't really have a home. Um, but I did like in the end that it was like, oh, Melina's take Melina and mm-hmm. Alexi will take care of these like young girls. But only because they found a way to like es- escape themselves. Like, thank goodness they found that plane and got on it and got out, you know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so the they have this. I did think the like I couldn't decide if I thought the sky fight was really cool or like a little too much. Because um, I don't know if any of you remember Spider-Man 3, which is yeah, very I, bad. Yeah, that's what I thought of Spider-Man <laughs> right? 3. I also thought of the Avengers video game because there is yes. something similar to yes. that that happens in it. Yes. So I'm like, okay, it, I, it, they could have just failed. Uh, but just give us a little, give us a little something. Give us a little battle in the sky between two people who cannot fly. Sure. <laughs> yeah, it's I fun. mean, this video game. Um, that of course that was immediately what I thought of too. And that sequence is actually a lot of fucking fun. And you do end up as Natasha fighting Taskmaster, Damn. and he he gives you some work <laughs> for the better <laughs> half of like forty minutes while you're trying to figure it out. But mm-hmm. I mean, I also again the suspension of belief. You know, like. Or a Marvel movie. Right. I think it's, I mean, I think it's fun, especially since I saw like criticisms of this scene online too, but I was like, it's literally the same scene. It's like um, Bucky and Cap and, um, and Winter Soldier when they're falling, like when the, he- like the helicraft carrier is falling right. through. Yeah. But I was like, it's like, I liked it. I, I had a grand action-packed time during that sequence. <laughs> I liked it too. Also, I just saw Fast 9 and that is not supposed to be a superhero movie and although it acts like one and Dom caught like five people with his car um, throughout that entire movie. So I'm just like, you know, they, they can fight in the sky. It's okay. It's fine. I mean, right. the way she's been, her back has been thrown into pillars right. of cement and she still can... <laughs> yes. um, you know, pop lock and drop it. It's fine. <laughs> right? Can we, wait, I think we forgot to mention when they were on the thing, how uh, Yelena drops into the pose at one point and is like, yeah. no. And I feel <laughs> yes. like we, we must mention this. I know that we're, we're going, we're going back in time a little, but like hilarious. Yeah. That, uh, that was so good. It was yeah. a payoff for that too. Yes. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. It didn't matter how many times she mentioned it. It was hilarious every time. And so, yeah, that was truly a, a great payoff in that moment. Yeah. But I did want to say one of the reasons I liked the the falling from the sky scene is because the Taskmaster Black Widow fight on the ground is so short because she pops the vial pretty quickly that I thought mm-hmm. like had had it been had there been less of that fight there and she saves Elena which is important right so we see her like choosing other people over herself like multiple times um but I thought that that, that fight on the ground was pretty short so yeah. it was fun to see them fight in the air. Yeah, yeah that's but- fair. So yeah cuz you're right cuz once they get on the ground it's pretty much over because she uses the vial i did like the like i i wanted them to be together though is what i kept thinking like no but i want them all to go together like alexi and melina and yelena and natasha like the incredibles i mean i knew that they couldn't right because we needed natasha to go break everyone out of jail which it's still weird that we've never seen that scene right yeah right 
I mean, I definitely felt like that was a missed opportunity. Instead of the scene that we got, um, like the first post-credit scene, I thought it would have been more interesting to show the Quinjet over the Raft prison. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, it it wouldn't even require like ScarJo to be in the shot. Like it can be right. a completely CGI moment. But yeah, we don't need cameos from everyone she saves. It's just like, show us that she's there. Just like, yeah, it's just, yeah. I mean, the sentiment that she expresses about like her two families and stuff, like it's pretty heavy handed, but I thought it was effective. And I mean, maybe they could have worked that into a scene that would have delivered something more big, important, but whatever. I did like the wrap up here. I did. I did get really, I, I'm not going to lie. I was like emotional when Yelena gave her that vest and I, I was like, I can't fucking believe I didn't realize that's the vest she wore all through Infinity War. I knew it. Oh, you did? Yeah. <laughs> I kept waiting for that vest to pop up. Um, <laughs> I mean, and this is partially because I am a collector geek and the manufacturer of Hot Toys like makes like really spot on. Oh, they do. Yeah, I know. So I have like I have the hot toy from Infinity um, where she's wearing the green vest. And I remember when the trailer first came out, I was like, oh, I think this is this is the vest. (laughs) It's definitely the vest. And I was like and I kept thinking because of that, like that Yelena was going to die. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Why she okay? Like I was expecting that in the back of my head. But I I I like had a little, little, got a little misty eyed. I was just like, oh, I love this. That's I fair. love that she wears it throughout the whole movie. Like, it was just nice because, I mean, like you said, Kim, they have really good sister banter. And it made sense that, like, Natasha, it's like, oh, I got this new vest from my sister and, like, I'm going to wear it. Like, she just feels like happy to, like, she's with her other family, the Avengers, but is wearing, like, this vest from her sister. And, like, I don't know. That just, like, retroactively made me very happy to see. We got, general ross coming in at the end which felt very like i don't know william hurt must be like yeah i mean i i don't begrudge anyone a paycheck but it's just very weird that they had him in this just mm-hmm. at the beginning in the end because I, I feel like that they that he thought that he would even be able to like actually track natasha down right because why <laughs> i mean like there's a tracker on her why wouldn't she know that right like she is a super spy <laughs> right. so i mean he you know he had a a kitchen uh, remodel to pay off. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. well, I feel like don't you feel like General Ross is? Oh, that's how he's in all of these movies. Yeah. Aside from <laughs> like once they decided to bring him back, which took a while, it was like he was like, "You got me for ten minutes each day. That's <laughs> that's that's what I'll do, and I'm going to charge you a lot of money." And they were like, "All right, we got the budget. Sure." <laughs> like I've had my eye um, on a 1987 Chevy. Um, fully tricked out, <laughs> redone. Yeah, I'll be your movie. I mean, I guess I understand like the full circle, like oh, from beginning to end, like it's like a right. nice like a uh, cap on each side. But like, yeah, I thought it was unnecessary as well. So then we, the movie kind of ends with like showing us that she's got the jet to rescue everyone. She's in her Infinity War outfit, which I might be being a little nitpicky. It was very clearly not the same outfit. Like the tights and stuff looked. Almost like they were more form fitting. She in just this, yes, because she ordered them off of fast fashionista. I mean, I mean, uh, <laughs> Fashion Nova. Fashion Nova. Yeah, no, actually, it is fashionista in the Marvel universe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now that um, right. I was like, damn, Charlotte, like, is your ass heavy? Because I'm like, she was like really sleepy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, but yeah so and that bob (laughs) yes the blonde bob i 
You don't know for the Bob. It didn't look Bob, Bob, Bob. <laughs> so she takes off and we get the credits and then we get our our like credit scene, which was supposed to be the original first appearance of Valentina. Mm-hmm. And I will say, fuck it, Julia Louise Dreyfus is very good. Yes. yes. I am looking forward to seeing her doing these appearances in like lots of Marvel stuff moving forward. Her fucking shitty line of like, she's sneezing. She's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm sorry. I'm allergic to the Midwest. It's just so good. I'm like crying, <laughs> right? Like Yolanda's like at the grave. I'm like, like tears are running down my face. And then like, I hear like someone blowing their nose or whatever. And I'm like, what? And then it's her. And I haven't seen um, Falcon and Winter Soldier yet. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't. I was like, oh my God, this is this character. Like, who is this? I was like instantly intrigued. And that's the point of the credit scene. So yeah, it's just funny. Because <laughs> we walked out because it ended, the you know, uh, her on the Quinjet, whatever. Um, and right. then my husband's like, is there anything? I'm like, there is, but we're not staying. Let's go. I'll explain it to you on the way out. So, like, we do the walk <laughs> of shame out of a Marvel movie when you leave too early. And... Um, <laughs> Like, do they not know? And I'm like, I do know. I just don't care enough to be walking out of this theater with the rest of y'all. So we're walking out and another guy walks out and he's like listening. I'm like, yes. Yeah. So Contessa, Contessa Von Jessa James, which is not her name at all, shows up and um, offers, um, you know, her a spot on, you know, maybe the Dark Avengers. We don't know yet, but she's going to come back later. He was like, oh, okay. And the guy behind yeah. us was like, oh, thank you. That that makes sense. And then <laughs> we just all walked out. So wait, did you not see the scene? No, because I'm like, I'm not staying for that. Um, um, I saw it already <laughs> explained. No, because <laughs> someone had already said what it was, and I'm like, I'm not staying for that. I can, I like, I can either find it on YouTube or imagine it, but it's not. I don't know, like the <laughs> staying behind for the Marvel movies in the first five six years or whatever sure but now i'm just like i'm not no not staying for the stinger i forgot what stinger it was that pissed me off because it was absolutely nothing but after that i was like never again (laughs) you all not i'm reclaiming my time i'm like no i love this i love this this is great because yeah who i mean especially if you're going like this just came out right like that theater is full yes (laughs) i i I understand this I'm, i'm behind you and now for a quick break Folks, do you love movies? The good ones? Even the bad ones everyone told you not to like? It sounds like Super Yaki is the place for you. The team at Super Yaki loves movies. So much so, they've dedicated every waking moment of their life to bringing you top-quality merchandise to showcase your love for them. From super soft t-shirts celebrating the 20th anniversary of the cinematic masterpiece Josie and the Pussycats, to comfy sweatshirts made for the brave members of the Movies by Yourself Club. They even have pins of some of your favorite directors, like Sofia Coppola and Jordan Peele. Super Yaki joyously brings you tangible love letters to movies and filmmakers that you can wear with pride. Plus, the team at Super Yaki screen prints all their apparel using eco-friendly, 100% water-based inks, and ships with compostable poly mailers for an environmentally friendly alternative to online shopping. And as a special gift to you, listeners can save 10% on their order with the code SUPERSLAYERFEST, all caps, no spaces, at checkout. If the spirit moves you, find them at superyaki.com. Let's watch more movies, y'all. (laughs) 
now that we're at the end, uh, favorite scene, Kim? Um, it has to be any scene that involved sister banter. I don't know why, but particularly when like they, they steal the guy's car and yeah. uh, ScarJo's like, but you can't just steal a guy's car. And Yolanda, this is like maybe one of the first moments that we started to get their banter, which is why it sticks out in my mind so well. And the stitch is like, oh, do you want me to like unsteal it and give it back to him now? Like, I don't know. Like that really <laughs> got me. So yeah, I loved all the, I know it's not one, one scene, but all the sister banter. That's fair. Uh, Stephanie? Uh, the dinner scene. I, it was fair. just some phenomenal acting in the middle of this comic book movie. Yeah. Uh, Aaron? Um, it is going to have to be the helicopter, um, Snow White, Arctic Fox um, prison break scene. <laughs> <laughs> fair uh i think mine is the dinner scene as well uh but also a close second i mean it's barely a scene but is yelena making fun of uh the way (laughs) natasha loses all right and what grade do we give the movie stephanie originally i was giving it a b but the more i think about it a b plus um it's just i know that the stakes are low but i'm almost thankful that they were because I I don't know, like for me, those quieter moments, I actually cared because it didn't feel so frantic. And I was just like, oh my God, like, do they have time to do this right now? <laughs> right. So because the stakes weren't so high, um, it wasn't taking me out of those moments. It, it gets a B plus. Originally it had a B. And also I'm very surprised too that I'm giving Black Widow the score. <laughs> uh, Aaron? Um, I'm going to give it a solid B. I think certain parts of the movie, like I had to kind of like sit with and digest. I love it overall. I do just think it, it has a bit of an editing problem. Um, and there are times when certain scenes are just like, they're just chomping on a bit a little too much. So if that editing was just a little bit more precise, um, I think I would like truly like be in love, in love with this movie. But I liked it enough to order the Black Widow hot toy. Oh, shit. <laughs> no. Aaron, I am so jealous. I get like the Marvel Legends and then you get the bougie, the bougie collectorship with Listen. the hot toys. <laughs> I feel like Stephanie was making fun of me about this. Stephanie was tormenting me yesterday um, because unfortunately my good friend knows uh, how addicted to buying bougie things. Yeah, because I'm like, you just buy it. Like, what are you talking? Just go ahead and get the thing. And she's like, um, you're, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. I'm "I'm not. mm." And then I sent her a screenshot and she's like, "Mm -hmm. yeah, you feel better, don't you? I do. I feel so relieved. But I, you know, the Marvel Legends, I have, Aaron, I think we both have a problem probably with space, right? We, okay. So I do my, my theology, like moving forward, because I, I've got my records, I got the figurines, and then I've got like, actual comic books too so marvel legends i'm really really discerning with like mm. yeah you I only get some right Club collection so i got that mm. and okay i did just buy a mystique one but I that to, one's really good it is a good one yeah um <laughs> but i try to keep them to a minimum so that my bigger girls can thrive <laughs> <laughs> someone once thought that like all the covers I do were Photoshop. And I was like, Oh no, those are like, I own those action figures and photograph them. And they're like, how do you have, how do you have room? And I was like, well, I don't really, but <laughs> I still think you should do like a time lapse of you creating one of the covers. Like yes. I would watch that. Yeah. I think that would be really cool. And you could voice, put the podcast, um, like a little thing while you're putting that together. That's a good idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I, I had someone, I did have someone ask me if I was going to do a coffee table book of the covers again, which Jenny, you always say. <laughs> Actually, you say it too, Stephanie. Yeah, yeah. I would, yeah, I would give it. <laughs> well, uh, Kim, what was what? What grade do you give it? I'm going to agree with Stephanie and give it a B plus. Okay, I think I was like a C plus B minus, but now our talk has bumped me up to like a B, Yay. like a solid B. I think I'm going to go with Aaron. All right, thank you guys for joining me, and thank you all for listening. If you like Slayer Fest 98, you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can support us on Patreon, which helps keep the podcast going and gets you access to our private Facebook group. Bonus episodes, our My Nudie Judy sex talk video series, and more. And uh, if you want to follow us on social, we are at SlayerFestX98. If you want to find me, I am at IanXCarlos. Stephanie, where can everyone find you? Uh, you can follow me at StephIWill on Twitter. And um, I'm going to be on a panel at San Diego Comic-Con at home as a Wonder Woman nice. DC Multiverse. I'm fudging the name of the panel I was on. But uh, please <laughs> watch it because there's some big news um, that might get released before then, but definitely during that panel. Ooh. Nice. And Kim, where can everyone find you? I'm at Kim and Joe South with no extra E's on Twitter or KimberlyAnnSouthwick.com. And Aaron? Um, you can find me at Magical.Poppy um, on Instagram and the Twitters. All right. Well, thank you all. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.